Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for October 8th, 2018. Happy Thanksgiving to all my fellow Canadians. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. We have all kinds of videos up on the, up on the uh, blog. Uh, new videos um, from the Mayon Classic, Saturday's Aussie Show, and UFC 229. So first let's talk about the May Young Classic. Uh, put the videos that I wanted to put up up on uh, Friday. First one is Tony Storm versus Hiroyo Matsumoto. Uh, these two have worked together in stardom, and they work well together. It's a good match with a couple of major flaws. The big flaw is not the match, but Michael Cole's awful commentary. It just seems he doesn't know when to say. He resorts to tried and true cliches that we all hate, like fill-in-the-blank likes to have fun in the ring. But this is what Vince McMahon likes. He wants his lead announcer to sound like an idiot because that's how Vince sounded. The match gets off to a slow start with Hiroyo in control for most of the match. I don't mind the slow start in Japan where the matches are longer, but fans are different here and they seem to be not into the slow start. But it picked up and they love Tony. All right. And she is so good at selling offense. She has tremendous facial expressions. Uh, the other big flaw in this match is the ending. Hiroyo misses a clothesline. Tony rolls her up for the win. Tony should not be able to roll someone as large as Hiroyo. Uh, like that. And Tony's shocked expression afterwards tells us that's what she thought too. So at this point, what the WWE needs to do is sign Hiroyo because we just saw a sample of her ability. She's very versatile and she can pretty much do anything that needs to be done in a ring. Okay. The other match is Mako Satamura versus Mercedes Martinez. Um, this is a fantastic match. I agree with Beth Phoenix. All the wrestlers should watch this match and take notes. This match shows how things are supposed to be done. Now, Mercedes has only been to Japan once, so I'm sure she begged for a match against Miko. Uh, when did Mercedes go to Japan? Early days of stardom. She wrestled Nane Takahashi. Okay. The match turned out great. Plenty of big moves, near falls, lots of hard hitting. Even Michael Cole called it wrestling instead of sports entertainment. The turning point was when Mako kicked out of a fisherman buster and she won with her trademark finisher, Scorpion Rising. The match is essential viewing. You need to watch it. I don't want, didn't want to spoil it too much because you really need to watch it. So major kudos to both ladies. Now, there were two other matches on the show. Uh, on that show, there was um, uh, Lacey Lane won over Tynera Conti. Uh, and the other match was uh, Rhea Ripley uh, won over Casey Catanzaro. Okay, so um, we go to the next round. Lacey actually has to face Mako, so that should be interesting. Um, on Saturday, we had the Australian uh, Super Showdown, or whatever the hell they called it, from Melbourne, Australia. A huge place. And um, I watched it, and if you didn't get up, uh, or if you uh, don't have the WWE Network, I put... Uh, one match up on my blog, which is uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics versus Asuka and Naomi. Uh, it's not much. The match would have been better if it had been given more time. They were just getting going, and then they had to go to the finish. I guess it was more important to give Triple H and Undertaker uh, 25 minutes when it should have been given 10. And then the entrances for this match were five minutes long. We did find out that Asuka can't dance. A fan asked me about that. Uh, she danced in Japan. Well, usually she was doing that with Suri, and Suri was a dancer before she got into pro wrestling. So Suri would have taught Asuka any dance moves that she would have had to do, but she can't dance. She can strut like crazy, but she can't dance. So there wasn't much to the match. The finish was lame, 
And the crowd really wasn't even into the Iconics until they won the match. So the less said, the better. Um, I didn't like the match at all. Okay. So now let's go on to UFC 229. There were three women's matches on the show. So the first one was on the main card. It was Michelle Watterson versus Felice Herrig at strawweight. Now, these are veteran fighters looking to get into the strawweight title picture. They're kind of ranked in the bottom end. I said on my podcast on Friday that the result of this fight depends on Felice. She can win if she is aggressive, but she doesn't always do that. And in round one, I didn't think either of them were very good. Uh, I scored the round 10-9 for Felice, but it was very close. Uh, One judge scored it the same, and the other two scored it for Michelle, uh, 10-9. Michelle clearly won round two. She took Felice down and pounded her. Uh, I scored it 10-9 for Michelle. Two of the judges scored it that way. The other judge scored it 10-8, and I didn't think it was a 10-8 round. Um, Between rounds, Felice's trainer, Jeff Curran, told her it's close and she needs to be more aggressive. So in round three, she took Michelle down, but she wasn't aggressive in top position, and Michelle landed elbows from bottom position, and that won Michelle the fight. And Herb Dean even broke broke it up because Felice wasn't doing anything. So that's really what Michelle won Michelle in the fight. Now, I scored the round 10-9 for Michelle and the fight uh, 29-28 for Michelle. All three judges scored the round 10-9 for Michelle. Uh, Michelle wins by unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28, 30-26. Or I could say that Felice lost because she lacked aggression, you know, and that's kind of what I thought might happen. You know, now in her post-fight interview, Michelle says she wants into the title picture you know, I think she won the fight, but she would have big problems with Tatiana Suarez, Poliana Botello, or Jessica Andrade. Pick one. <laughs> now, the fight itself is a bad loss for Felice because now she goes back to the prelims. So, you know, she's been good when she's aggressive, but in this fight, she was not aggressive. Okay, the second fight is Aspen Ladd versus Tanya Evinger, and that was on the prelims which aired on uh, Fox Sports 1 and TSN. Tanya is a veteran fighter and a fan favorite and a former Invicta champ, but I said on Friday's podcast that she would have problems with Aspen, who I've liked since her Invicta days. Uh, Tanya started out okay, but once Aspen took her down, it was over quickly. Aspen kept pounding Tanya until the ref stopped the fight. It's a big win for Aspen over a proven veteran, and she's only 23 years old, so she has great potential. Uh, There was some comment. uh, You can hear Aspen screaming while she's pounding Tanya. I guess she doesn't know she's doing that. And I don't really care as long as she keeps winning fights. I mean, she has a lot of potential. Uh, not sure what they're going to do with her neck. And the other fight from UFC 229 was um, on the UFC Fight Pass prelims. It was Yana Kunitskaya versus Lisa, Lena Landsberg. Now, Yana is from Russia. She now trains at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas. Of course, she is a former Invicta champ. Uh, Lena is from Sweden. She trains with former uh, UFC fighter Akira Khorasani. Now, they're both uh, stand-up fighters. Lena is a kickboxer. Yana is also a Muay Thai fighter. And I said on Friday's podcast that because Lena is a kickboxer, Yana wins if she takes her down. Because Yana is marginally better on the ground. And that's the way the fight went. I don't think either of them are elite fighters, but Yana is moderately better, and the fight result reflect that. So Yana won 30-27. It's not a great fight by any, any means, so be sure you check that out. Okay. Now, of course, we all know what happened 
on UFC 229 after the main event. I watched it, and um, I've been asked to uh, comment on it, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm talking about the uh, uh, um, uh, Khabib going into the crowd, okay, which he obviously should not have done. But here's the thing, okay? They're not going to do anything. The only thing that's going to happen with Khabib is the Nevada State Athletic Commission will likely fine him because they've held up his purse and they're going to suspend him. And if they suspend him for like a year, then the UFC is going to have to strip him of the title. So you're going to ask, well, why didn't they punish Connor for what he did in Brooklyn? Well, they kind of did, but they didn't tell anybody. And Connor mentioned it during the week where he was supposed to fight in Brazil and they canceled the fight. Okay, so that, I guess, is considered punishment. But really, they couldn't do it. He went through the legal, um, the legal uh, motions and everything like that. Uh, but uh, the Athletic Commission, it was not under the Athletic Commission's control. Okay, so they couldn't do anything. Okay, and the, um, the, the court case turned out pretty much as I think everyone expected. Okay, so look, they're not going to release those guys because they'd go straight to Bellator. Okay, so they can't release them. It's as simple as that. Okay, they can release other guys who are involved in this, and from what I understand, they are going to do that. Now, the other thing you got to remember, Michael Chiesa was injured when Connor attacked that bus. Okay, and he's suing Connor, so that's going to cost them some money because Chiesa is going to win that lawsuit. So they're going to have to. Connor's either going to have to settle, or it's going to go to court, and he's going to lose. So, okay, so. Uh, that's going to cost them some money. Uh, but I don't, neither guy is going to get released, okay? Who they probably should get rid of is uh, that Russian, uh, that teammate of Khabib who went into the cage and attacked Connor and his other teammates. And that guy has a fight coming up in a couple of weeks. So we'll see if they actually do that. And the other thing is they got to start getting rid of some of these. Now, first of all, can you believe that this whole nonsense started with, of all people, all people, Lobov? Can you imagine that? That guy shouldn't be in the UFC. He should be fighting for pennies. He's awful. Anyway, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I also think that Dylan Dennis should be banned from UFC shows for life because he started this bullshit. Okay? Now, the other thing people got to understand, there's people out there saying, oh, it's only trash talk. You know what? Russians are different. They don't look at it as trash talk. All right? They look at it as real. And so you have to understand that. That's how they interpret it. I don't agree with Habib going into the crowd like that. He could have hurt somebody. He could get sued. And in fact, it could happen. Okay? But... I understand why he was upset, okay? Because they think trash talk is real. They don't understand that it's just trash talk, okay? Anyways, that's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, anyway, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And remember, you can watch all those videos on my blog. So be sure you check those out. Now, if you want to leave a message on my uh, podcast, you can do so. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. Any racist nonsense about Khabib and Connor, 
I ain't responding into that crap, okay? Not interested, okay? If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at uh, Google Play Music, Google Podcast, Spotify, and um, iTunes. Not sure when the next podcast will be, probably Wednesday, uh, and for sure Thursday. So if you have, so in the meantime, have a good week. Happy Thanksgiving, Canadians. Talk to you later.